Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome once again to the Low Key Podcast, episode 52. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and we're also, of course, every time joined by Mr. Tim Malloy. How you doing, sir? Hello. As well as Keith Denny. How's it going out there? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. And today, we will be talking about the international uh, phenomenon, Parasite. And it is a film that, if you have not seen it, we would definitely recommend taking a look at it and watching before you listen to this episode because the twists and turns um, really mean a lot more if you're seeing it for the first time uh, in that experience. So please do that. If not, you know, hey, you've given you've been giving it your spoiler warning. So uh, this movie in general, uh, I, how how would you guys? genre wise like where, where would you place it um a dark comedy thriller yeah for Probably. some reason i thought it was gonna be a horror movie because of the name and i guess i'd have to go with dark comedy thriller very dark comedy yeah very very western comedy like i feel like a lot of the choices were very um I mean, they, they were they felt very true um, and and natural and, and they never felt forced. But they definitely the way this movie, um, the sort of ways and invokes culture, it's very much not just a Western movie, but like an, a, a movie that Americans definitely will feel on a different kind of level in some ways, even with the use of Native Americans, which I thought uh, was really interesting. I just I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, I haven't seen enough South Korean movies to, to know. Um, but it was really interesting to see how other people see the Native American, you know, stereotypes and the way that it, 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 it might be like to be seen it, whether a South Korean man would see it as derogatory or insulting to dress up as a Native American. Yeah, I have no clue. It's really interesting. Uh, I don't know. What what did you think of that, Keith, how, how it uses that? Um. Well, I hope I don't offend anybody by saying this, but I, I guess the first thing that it made me think about is um, the, you know, the old story that we were told about Thanksgiving, uh, about the settlers coming and the Native Americans pretty much helping them survive um, during, during mm-hmm. winters and everything like that. But then at the same time, the settlers turned around and gave them smallpox and essentially right. tried to wipe them out off of their own land. Um, so... I, I think what it made me think about was that in a way, just like this family, that there was at one point in time as uh, almost a, a type of symbiotic relationship between Native Americans and the settlers at one point in time. It just just I think it just depends on what tribe it was at that time that decided to align themselves with them. And um, in a way, each needed the other for different different reasons or um, may have, in a way, turned their back on their own people in, in certain instances. And the same thing with slavery, too. Um, it's funny that I never thought about this before. Um, and I'm in Massachusetts today, so I'm kind of where, where a lot of it started. Um, but the idea that the settlers were kind of parasitical on the Native Americans, like, we need to learn your tricks in order to even make it through the winter, and then just, yeah, use everything that they had against them. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's one, I mean, there's so many different themes in this movie. Um, I kind of hate that, you know, I'd jump right to thematic stuff and not the plot-driven thing. So actually, before we go full round of uh, breaking down it, you know everything in this film and, and thematically what it's trying to say let's kind of go over just what it, you know we thought about the characters like the family were you guys in any way sympathetic to them like i mean not maybe not even just towards the end but just throughout the movie did you kind of want them to um do well not knowing at first that they were going to be swindlers essentially Oh, poor family, absolutely. And I like I'm just going to differentiate the, between them as the poor family and the rich family because I'm not sure. I didn't keep track of everybody's names, and I saw it like a month ago. Um, um, the family is the Kim clan, and the rich pr- pl- family is the Parks. Okay. Okay. Okay, so the Kims, yeah, you definitely sympathize with the Kims. And the other thing is, like, even though they get their jobs by maybe questionable means, they do a good job once they get the jobs. 
So I was kind of like, yeah, I found him very sympathetic. Mm. Well, I mean, like, you had that feeling at the end of the film, too? Or, like, just at the beginning? Um, I mean, once they start, like, trying to keep the other guy... Once they're willing to, like, do violence to another struggling family, obviously, you lose some sympathy. But I feel like the point of the movie is kind of the system is rigged. Um, When you have this much class separation, it's sort of inevitable that everyone is going to just protect their own by, by any way that they can. And you see at the end where the Parks, um, the, da- the, the dad of the Park family who has been ostensibly cool in some ways, because they, they don't know that he's been making comments about like how his driver has a certain smell and things that are awful. Um, mm-hmm. he, to their face, he's nice to them. But then when we see that like his, when his family is actually in danger, his priorities come, become very, very clear. That he definitely considers his family like more valuable than the Kims. But wouldn't that be just about anybody in a sense? Like, th- um, well, well, also I think the circumstance. See, that's a complicated moment at the end. Once you know you got people on both sides getting stabbed, and frankly, if I now, nah, not that I would, I, I you know, sympathize with the the um, kind of observations of the poor that he's making and all that, right? But if I hire some people to help me for whatever reason. And the situation happens the way it happens, and the people who swindled me are on the ground. I probably don't give a fuck. Yeah, Which, but at this point, at this point, he don't know that they had swindled him. Well, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying, if he, if I can start putting two and two together at that moment, because I mean, they, no they, because look, remember they were calling each other like you know, mother. And dad. Well, at that point, they're using like family names, you know. Um, calling each other by different names and they're saying like mother, father, son, daughter, you know, like stuff like that. Yeah. It wouldn't be that difficult, but, but he didn't even recognize who that dude was. So I'm not saying all that came together and he noticed all this stuff, but like you said, whether he, if he had put it together, it makes sense. He wouldn't care. But also, like you said, in that moment, I don't even know if it's about the rich or poor thing. It's just, you're going to be selfish to your own tribe essentially. Right. Exactly. And then, and then, and then even, even they were selfish towards their own tribe. And and I think honestly, I don't think that the um I don't think that this that that I sympathize with anybody, honestly. I don't even think it was meant to be for us to be sympathetic towards any of the the characters or the family members, in my opinion. Or or it might paint itself out to be that way at first in the beginning, because you see how um <clears throat> how the Kim family is living, how they pretty much in a sense live underground. And they have what, what like people spraying an insecticide into their home and everything, which is which is super terrible. But then we see what these people are willing to do to um, to get on top. Which I, I thought th- that was a beautiful moment too, because I immediately noticed, you know, because they were like, "Hey, leave it out," so like, you know, we can get some free extermination essentially. But mm-hmm. the thing on top of the fact that you know they didn't fold those boxes correctly as far as like their job. The people who were paying them for those boxes didn't know insecticide had been on the boxes, which means like the way you treat, well, not just simply means essentially, but like if you put any pizza on there, like it's going to have some trace amount to that. But yeah, partially what they're saying is, you know, when you treat other people like that, it's going to like the poisonous effect that that does trickle up, you know, whether you notice how much is poisoning people or not, it's going to affect the larger society period because People aren't aware that, that that's happening, but also they're working in conditions where, you know, they would make that kind of choice. Yeah. I think it, it was it was helpful to them. When you create a dog eat dog, super capitalistic situation like that, yeah, everybody gets poisoned. I thought that was a great metaphor. Right, right. And and that's that's why I think no one is really a good guy in this film. Um, because they were willing to do whatever it took to get to where they wanted to be. And they screwed some people over, made other people lose their jobs just so that they can put their family into those places. And and we also had to take into consideration from their side, they feel like they're winning against this family and stuff, like that they stupid and they're ignorant. And that's the same thing that the, that the parks feel about them. It, it's funny because the brother and sister, when the brother first takes the job, you know, obviously he should take that job. It's a good opportunity. He's going to be a good tutor and everything else. 
Um, when his sister comes in, she starts to con him where she's like saying that she can read things that she can't really read in the kid's artwork. The point when they sort of make, make a turn and become unlikable is where they actually cost the chauffeur his job to get the dad put in the job. And that's sort of like the big the big turn for me. Because up until that point, I think I oh, yeah, generally yeah, like yeah, them. Yeah, and yeah, even, even the pizza boxes, I kind of don't blame them for that. Um, yeah, I don't blame for that, no. Like, I don't, I don't love it, but I don't, I'm not like, those people need to be prosecuted. Yeah, I mean, the issue, it, well, it happened so early, and I, like, uh, the sequence of events, I, I don't have in sequential order in my head, but um, the one thing I'm noticing, no one wants to touch for obvious reasons, um, <laughs> I've, I've listened to quite a few people on YouTube and just kind of messing around, and like, okay, what people say about this, read this, read that. I ain't been scouring the internet for everything. No one wants to touch that relationship between the brother on the uh, Kim side. I think that's right. Kim's? Kim, Kim's of the rich family, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, excuse me. So let me uh, say Park, right. Park, the sister Park. of the, of the Kims and, and the it's brother right. of the Parks family. You can remember Park like Park, Park Avenue. The Park is the rich family. The Kim's is the poor family. Okay. Hey, man, y- y'all follow me. The, lo- the, the young girl and the older boy. That's what we're talking about. Right. Um, no one wants to, to touch that. Understandably, it's a it's a rough, you know, thing to touch. Um, I did think it was really interesting that the reason that his friend recommended him for the the you know opening was he's like, well, you know, she'll be I I can trust that you know you won't try to get with her or whatever. And she's underage, and, right? I mean, she's like 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like yeah. fourteen. I think they oh, mentioned yeah. she's fourteen. Okay. Oh but God. we also don't really understand how old the um the son is, and then also like it's kind of like uh, I don't know. I didn't think twice about it, and I don't know if it's because I um I watched a lot of anime, and that didn't seem like some some out of place shit. No, no, I don't mean out of place. Like I'm not saying people need. What I'm getting at is just th- that topic itself. No one wants to touch. And the girl's 100% underage. Cause remember, that's why they keep saying, well, when she gets to the university, when she gets to the university, like, that's when it's supposed to be proper. You well, know, yeah. not, just, not just for the age, but, like, the, the status of where they are. Like, co- yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the culture might be different, like. No, but I'm saying they're, they're, they're telling us, like, in their culture, she's young, and then when you're above a certain age as a guy, you're supposed to wait till she reaches the university to even approach her. Because before that, it's unbecoming. I don't know if it's illegal, but it's it's not accepted. I feel like there's the probably a lot of would... Reddit threads about this where everybody has that like scarily thorough knowledge of like age of consent laws and you're like, How did you know this? Yeah, yeah. That's I mean weird. Look, the the legal part is whatever, but definitely the family will frown upon it. You know? <clears throat> so like so th- that's really the point. And people in in that sort of beyond a certain level of class like that's in i'm saying in those countries that stuff really matters and i'm not saying it doesn't here at all sometimes it doesn't which is weird but whatever point is for what we're looking at in the context of this film that would be problematic that's why they keep talking about the university age and that's why his friend was like look you hold it down i can trust you and then when i come back i'm gonna you know chat you know chat up and try to date her because she'll be a university age but then it's like it shows his lack of morals. It's like not even just simply that relationship, but the fact right. that his he, friend said, "I'm, I'm gonna, you gonna hold me down. I appreciate that." And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, of course." And then when he was like overseas, I mean, like what two, three sessions in, he was already going for it. I mean, the whole basis of it is gross. Of like, you know, keep this whatever protected, which isn't like his to own. But then also that he crosses the line that his more ethical friend wouldn't cross. Is yeah, that's true. That is, that is dicey. Although again, I think that happens a little bit later. Where this, but but that that's after he gets the um, the sister involved, and they're already kind right. of working the whole thing. Because if you remember, by the when they start talking about getting the dad involved, they were like, oh, we're, we're setting the plane early, like in motion early this time. They've done this kind of thing before. This isn't their first yeah. rodeo. Yeah, that's fair. You know, so th- they the thing is. They one of the things that's really clear is however they get down, the friend thinks they just pull. Now the thing is, we don't know what circumstances led up to them being poor. They don't get deep into it, you know. And we'll get to the whole thing about the plan and that motif, right? But uh, in this case, they've done this. We know they've done this kind of stuff before. The friend who gave him the recommendation for the job and thought he was this upstanding guy 
clearly didn't know that. So, you know, even though they get their money, they, they don't save it to try to become legit or however you want to put it, right? Um, people don't suspect them of being those sorts of folks, which is interesting. Right. Like, somehow they, they're able to lay underground enough and be humble enough amongst people where they wouldn't even imagine this family would be like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because, you know, at the beginning, they were trying to get someone else's job at the pizza place, too. No, nah, but that dude didn't show up for work. I mean, but they just look desperate for money. That that could be some normal stuff. But they mm-hmm. clearly, when they were talking about, like, are we doing the plane early this time? Like, normally we don't do it this quick. They've done this kind of stuff already. There's a mm-hmm. definite message about, like, crabs in a barrel, where when you have people who are kept that far down, I mean, at the end, they literally get flooded and shit. And then the metaphorical version of like, oh, you can't get lower to this. And then there's a literal damn dungeon yeah. <laughs> with somebody high from debt collectors. Yeah. Like and you then, can get lower. Yeah. And then those people will do anything to, to get the Kim family. So it's like yeah. it, it does show like when there's that little to go around, uh, people will behave. Well, or that much being hoarded. Absolutely. Because the thing, yeah. Like the first time we walk up to the house, the thing I really loved about the blocking in that scene is it's done in such a way where when you're traveling up, it looks like you're going into heaven. Like the, the sun even hits you like directly in the face when you're just watching the film. Yeah. And it opens up and it's just all this greenery and this water flowing and shit. And it's just a cleared sky. It's it's super impressive um, how they did that. So going and then going back down is like a descent into hell, I guess. Yeah. Or at least something that's not heavenly. Right. At the very least, like like these people have attained something that that you you wish you could have, and you know the fact that they're that easy to swindle means you've earned you know your place also. Yeah, I guess uh, for me the question is kind of like well, I was talking to my wife about this movie today and like whether I liked it, and I mean I do like it, and I did like appreciate a lot out of it, and I love the twist. I mean, so much of it is the twists and the surprises. Um, but I, it is kind of a no one to root for movie because at a certain yeah. point you do have people who you, at least I had people who I liked and then I started to like them less. I started, I, I sort of, for some mm-hmm. reason stuck with the son and the daughter throughout the whole movie. I don't know why. I guess I just, yeah, I, I don't know why you, I mean, well, to keep going, I don't want to interrupt your point. So. I, I mean, it's the, it's the whole power of the person who you're introduced to first. You're just going to root for like if, mm-hmm. they, if they, you know, in American psycho, you kind of. You don't like Patrick Bateman in any way, but he is the character who you, who you're most invested in, even though he's a terrible person. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like it's kind of like that. I was like invested in what's going to happen to them, and I certainly didn't want any you know outright harm to befall them. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But like part yeah. of part of the issue is like there's no one to there's no one to love and be super on the side of. And one of Kurt Vonnegut's story rules is you've got to have somebody to root for. But I th- I think the the movie isn't plot driven in in the sense of so most stories I definitely say you could argue they're plot driven or, or the purpose of the plot the way it's plotting along you're supposed to have some particular connection with uh, a certain character yeah um I almost made a really hilarious Rise of the Skywalker reference I'm gonna leave that alone for later <laughs> um. <laughs> But I think the the main thing is you want to be able to, in most cases, like have somebody, like you said, to root for. I think something that a good film can pull off is what we saw here, where the point is in that, like the protagonist, I would say, is the son of the of the poor family. Um, in that, really, his perspective is primarily what we focus on, and even the ending, which is crazy impactful. I, I really yeah. appreciate how they did that. Um, the the point is, I, you know what? Actually, the ending actually is saying exactly what I mean by this. The whole point actually isn't rooting for the characters. The point is to give you some sort of perspective and insight on how capitalism is constantly impacting people, even people who aren't doing things in any with cruel intent necessarily. Like the the rich family, in no way is really like doing anything malicious at any point. And yet you can empathize and understand where that frustration is coming from. Like, so the, the storm's important for, like, several reasons, including leading us to, like, some of the most intense, you know, um, you know, cleanup scenes I've seen in a while in, in a film. Um, yeah. 
and things you know that happen after. But so in the aftermath of the the storm, the rich family's like, oh man, that was so terrible. Man, time to call my workers over to uh, you know, get some stuff together for this rich person's party, you know. And in the meantime, Mr. Park, I believe it is, the the uh, father who who's being the cab driver. He is carrying all these groceries Kim. and stuff. Mr. Kim. Kim. Damn it, Mr. Kim. Okay, excuse <laughs> me. So Mr. Kim is going around carrying all this stuff and driving her everywhere. And in this like sequence of scenes, you hear her talking about, oh, the storm was such an inconvenience and this and that, blah, 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 blah. Now we got to do rich people stuff at my house instead. And yeah. oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, this man ain't got nowhere to go. All his stuff flooded out. Right. And she holding her nose at him, you know, in the back of the seat at some point. And it's just really like this this observa- observation of like how disconnected, like something really catastrophic can happen. And there's a gigantic difference in how it impacts the rich and the poor. Yeah. Like they're just like, oh, it's a sunny day now. Oh, yeah. The clouds are, are clear. Man, I can have oh, a party. It, on. It's that stat you hear about all the time where it's like the average American would be severely set back by like a sudden $400 debt or like a sudden like $400 car repair or something like that. It's like if you're super rich, that's a joke. But if you're like living check to check, that's a serious problem. And it's like I think they illustrate that really well too. I mean they illustrate so many things really, really, really well. Yeah, um, and I thought they were handing them a lot of money. And I was like, damn, maybe they're not handing them a lot of money. <laughs> I mean once your house gets totally washed out and you're on the run and you don't have time to grab anything, yeah. I mean they're just in a desperate state at that point. Yeah. And then there's that whole conversation that happens after the storm um, where the father's talking about plans. Yeah. And how, you know, a plan that never fails, a plan you don't make uh, because, you know, like, why, why make plans? Like, he was, he was saying, like, no one who's sleeping here without a place to stay planned to be here. Right. Like, you, you don't plan to be poor. I mean, it's, it's some shit that, you know, happens and not on purpose. Um, and I mean, that that's in many ways, it's like a dub point, but I think it is something that many folks just don't think about. Um, yeah, but then that's also kind of, I don't, <laughs> that's, that's also kind of like a philosophy of that particular character, because mm-hmm. I'm sure if you talk to Mr. Park about the same thing with him being rich and wealthy, he will say that you have to plan. So it might just be the philosophy. Well, well, but but you know, sometimes um, I mean, he could have been a person who had a plan. It just didn't come together. Like, because remember, he kept talking about these different businesses he had and how they didn't work yeah. uh, for one reason or another. And maybe he was just a terrible businessman, right? But um, how it worked out. Um, this is Mr. You know, Kim, right? In different situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I remember- this is the whole thing of like the difference between succeeding and failing is kind of thin and it's like the person who takes the huge risk and their business takes off is a genius. The person who takes a huge risk and Google changes their algorithm and their business crashes is a fool. And it's just, there's a lot of luck involved. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's interesting. It also made me think about how thin is the line between the rich and the poor, actually, especially when it comes to to, um, greed and selfishness. Like the. Like, of course, um, like what we were saying, the the Park family, the rich family really had no disregard to what the Kims may have went through um, during the storm or anything, anything to do with the with them personally, whereas um, as we know. The, the Kims, like I said, they they did certain things to get people fired or to to cover up their tracks so that they can still stay in the place that they were at. And I think one thing that what we're talking about as far as Rudenwood character, the the um the of course the brother introduced us to the world, so I think he is the character that we pretty much follows for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think my thing was that I was. Oh, can you start? Can you start that over with my thing? Because it just it just got all Skypey. Okay, so my thing was I was pretty much on their side until it felt like they were getting too greedy. Because um, at first I'm like, okay, the son got the job. That's gonna help them out a lot, right? That's better than nothing. Then the the sister gets the job, and that's like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of weird. She kind of 
scammed them a little bit, but okay, cool. But then they just kept moving forward and kept getting the father father into the house, then getting the mother into the house and ruining other people's lives in the process of doing it. And I felt like there was a point where I just wanted them to stop because I felt like they were being too greedy. But then again, at the same time, what, how much part of that played to what got the Park family into the position that they in, you know? Well, that's the thing. I mean, Selfishness. look, he, this ain't a gangster. He's a well. Now, one thing that's really interesting about, and I don't know if you y'all remember this, Mr. Park is like one of the CEOs of some for a company that does virtual reality stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was a really interesting uh, choice there. Um, I, like, I mean, he's like so he's he, the masses, kind of. Well, but but also like he's putting together like a a fake reality, you know, where oh. essentially the things that make a difference between, you know, you and another player, just simply like, you know, some avatars, did you grind, you know, more? I mean, like, you know, there's just different ways you can set this stuff up. But in a video game setup, it's like, you know, you can be whoever you want. You know, you can escape reality kind of thing. And in a sense, like the Kim's taking over the home while the parks were gone was that kind of thing. Until they were in total danger of, like, the everything just falling apart because of the rain. And then the, the, um, former, um, uh, what do you call it? Housewife. I don't even know what that was. Not housewife or not housewife. Housekeeper. Um, housekeeper thank you. Jeez. I'm yeah. look, I clearly don't have a maid. Um, but you know, once you have a, you know, her come back and then I actually was kind of shocked. They let her in. Um, I guess they did have some sympathy for somebody who, I guess that was nothing that was really interesting because they both were the help. She was like, hey, you know what this is like. You know, almost saying, like, nobody who was of means would do this. So, like, you know why we do this and you know how how the struggle is. You know, just let me get this right quick, blah, blah, blah. I was trying to sympathize. And even when, like, they went downstairs and found a husband, everything was cool. And so the other three fell down, too. And she realized, oh, oh, y'all set me up. Yeah. You know, and then it was the poor fighting the poor all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, I, your sympathies change in a lot of interesting ways, and the points that it makes about that are really interesting. I, for me, for some reason, and I'm just trying to re- sort of figure this out in my own head, I find Mr. Park to be probably the least likable character in the whole thing, even though really? his, his crime, like the two things he does that I find like just reprehensible and gross, are the thing where he talks about the line, where he's like, I like this driver because it doesn't cross the line. That's like, maybe this is just like, I'm, I'm ingrained in the American value of like everybody should treat everybody the same. And the other thing he does that is just like sickening is when he's like, oh yeah, they have like a certain smell, which really does suggest that he thinks he's, those two things really suggest to me that he thinks he is like a higher form of life than they are. Like they're all human, but he's just like that much above them. And that, that's, I guess that bothers me the most because he's in a position to be generous and he's in a position to be cool, and he's not. And the Kims are kind of, they do some stuff that's definitely not good. I mean, the, like, getting drunk at the house is definitely not good, um, and getting other people fired is definitely not good, but they're kind of on the on the brink, and they're not in a position to be generous. So I guess it's like, for me, the person who's in a position to be generous has more of a responsibility than the people who are really just barely digging out of, like, living in a, you know... But here, here's the thing, because you're right, and yet the thing. Let's just say Mr. Park was not a jerk. The only thing that actually changes about the end is, um, well, he doesn't get killed, but all the other things surrounding him still occur. Um, I mean, that's the thing. Like the rich people are mostly pretty oblivious to what's going on. Uh, Mrs. Park is totally oblivious. I think the whole family is. Well, except for um, uh, the daughter. Yeah. And maybe the... Well, actually, I think the children have a... They kind of have a sense of what's happening. The little boy knew there was something down there. It's just nobody would believe him. Right. And the little girl is at least in on... Well, something she's supposed to be doing with, with her tutor. She might not know the stuff with the rest of the family, but the little boy did know. He was like, hey, y'all smell the same. Something's up. Yeah. 
I don't know what that is, but but the driver and the and the housekeeper they smell just alike, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and him it wasn't just. I think he had a better sense of smell even than his father. I know his father could could, you know, say that. Oh, I think I smell something too. You know, but um, like later in the film, under the table. But you know, I it, it was um, I don't know. It, it, there's. It's so much about this movie to break down, and I just I don't even know, you know, like that, where to go. That's an interesting and complicated choice that the family does actually smell the same. I didn't realize that. I mean, I guess I realized it, forgot, but that is an interesting point. And I guess it makes sense that if you live in a subterranean, like mildewy environment, you probably do smell a certain way. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's not. They were also. That, that, that's what's interesting. It, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Keith. They were also using the same soap because you remember they was yeah, 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 and everything. So like, so, yeah, got a house of people using the same stuff, and then also on top of the fact that they got insecticide being sprayed into their house, then right, will smell pretty much the same. And they don't have a real washer and dryer to use, no way. Yeah. So I mean, that's actually. See, that's what's it's not that I feel sympathy for the rich people, but like at least the things that like that's the thing that came up the most as far as like what he felt like didn't sit right with him about, I guess, people who didn't have means, but they did have a smell. I mean, it, it it's but it, it's like a observation that he's not making in front of them because he doesn't want to be rude to them. But when they're not around, he does mention. You yeah. Know what I mean? uh, yeah, that, I, that makes me dislike him less. Yeah, because I, to be honest with you, <laughs> I think that I don't know much about South Korea as far as the um, how the economics and the social hierarchy works there. Um, I don't. They know. got a similar situation as we do right now. So they have a little Gr- growing wealth gap, and you know, people out on the street, and you know, trying to housing crisis, all that, so on and so forth, like, rising costs. Is there like a middle class or something? Like, cause I think really- it's it's similar to here, a shrinking middle class. Some people straight, but I mean, you know, you okay. much rather, of course. Oh, be well, I say I think that like us as middle class citizens of the United States, I would think we're more similar to the Parks than we are to the Kims. I would assume. I, I feel that's um, an interesting observation because they don't really show the middle class like that. They don't. But but if I was to say which ones I, I've identified with both of them in certain places and in certain areas and more so because of because of race and not so much social status but as far as like social status i would say that i i never you know i never had to struggle like in a way that the kims did and i'm assuming you guys haven't neither and i'm and i'd be alive i never said that i never been close to a homeless person and they smelt the type of way and i felt that way about it you know mm-hmm. um, so I can't, you know, fault them too much about the stuff that they say behind their back. And I think that's the that's the, another thing that the movie is trying to say is that the biggest crime and that the parks commit is the fact that they're so dismissive towards them, and that they're so um, they're so rich that they don't even notice them. You know. Well, well, it's it, not only that. Actually, you you bringing up another point. Even the thing is, they kind of can't function without them at all either. But like, I. But also, like it's it's kind of they yeah in a way they can you know they can't because remember he was like we like the house would be fucked up and you know this and that wouldn't happen and remember he thought like there was an automatic light happening but it was really just the husband hidden the husband who was in the basement hidden the light making it come on well yeah but I but, but, but also trying to want to add on real quick is that this I think that whole point is that they do under, they do have a parasitic relationship with them, but they also like they do ignore them in whatever plight they might have. Well, they're they're very replaceable. I think that's is not, the difference. Yeah, but that's also not as that much dissimilar to how we are in the United States and how much we um, ignore the poor, like. Shit, like I, I know plenty of people, and me myself included, that go downtown to have a good time, you know, just to have a good time, just to have drinks, just to get food. And there's plenty of poor people downtown, plenty of them. You know, if you look at them, they're going to ask you for some money. So you become dismissive just like everybody else because there's only so much you can do, right? And that's that's kind of how I feel about that, too. You know, I, I think 
what what do we all do as a society in understanding that for us to have as much as what we have or anybody have as much as what they have, that there has to be someone on the opposite end of the scale? Yeah, there's a lot of we make up a story to make ourselves feel better about the situation where the one I think a lot of people do is somebody's walking down the street talking to themselves and you're like, oh, they're on drugs. And it just like occurred to me the other day. I'm like, there's no drug that makes you walk down the street talking to yourself. Like that is probably schizophrenia or some other. Or PCP. I don't know. Does PCP even do that? I don't don't know. I've never had it. First, who's doing PCP now? Maybe, but I don't don't (laughs) feel like that's like. Aaron Hernandez, according to the Netflix documentary. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay. But like, that's not the most common drug. And I've never heard of anything that makes you like yell about Jesus and stuff like that. Like that's like a, that's a very specific, that's mental illness. But we tell ourselves, like, oh, they're on drugs because then it's like, oh, it's kind of their fault. As opposed to, you know, they had a mental illness. No one was able to diagnose it. Um, they weren't successfully treated. Their family isn't able to deal with it anymore. Um, so now I'm absolved. But really, like, we should pay our taxes and do the stuff that we have to do and pressure lawmakers and all of that to make sure that people get adequate mental health training. Um, and instead, we just go, like, well, they're probably in whatever they're on. So, like, I do think there is a tendency to come up with some explanation, some narrative that we tell ourselves of, like, why we did the right thing and they did the wrong thing. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, I'm sure there's homeless people who are like, no, 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 I'm the good guy. I did all the right stuff. Something just went, like, slightly wrong, and now I'm here. Yeah, so I have two questions, actually, um, about this movie. Uh, to kind of get us near the finish line. So the first one, what did you guys think of the stone uh, that was supposed to bring prosperity, <laughs> financial prosperity? And why do you think, what What do you think the intention was of the son when he brought it downstairs? Down downstairs, like basement, cellar, that's, hiding. That's the area. most horror movie part of it, where it's like, if you have this in your house, you are cursed. And I didn't really need that in the movie. Yeah, but I mean, do you think so? Sure, but I mean, I think the thing is, the son, he believes that this thing, he's like, remember, oh, you know, when it was flooding, like it came to me, I can't get away from it, blah, 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 blah. Now, I don't know if he's going downstairs to give it to the family because he thinks it's cursed or because he thinks it'll help them because he feels sympathy for them. He, like, he's the one who does have some kind of change of heart and feels some measure of guilt, it seems, about what happened. Like, I don't think he was going down there to kill them, but what do you guys think? I was I was honestly unsure about that. I didn't know if he was going down there to kill them or not, or just give them, give them the rock, to be honest with you. And still, that's still something that I was wondering about, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't really need to know. I thought it was interesting either way. I, I think it's fine to not have that be 100% clear. But he clearly thought that rock was a help to them. Does I mean, he remember, he, put it in a lake or something? Yeah, well, after everybody's dead. Right, but but wasn't, if I remember correctly from that shot, like he put in a lake full of rocks that looked just like that rock. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know um, if that was symbolic to something to, to show that we're, we're all one and the same, I guess. Well, early on... Uh, when The Rock was given to them, the guy mentions that his uncle or somebody he was related to had like a room full of those. I don't know if he said a room full of those or he just placed it where there was a whole bunch of them that looked the same. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I thought he said his uncle had a whole bunch of them and he was really rich. He just kept them all close to him. I think hmm. I didn't see this again. That, that, but that's but that's interesting though because it kind of makes me think about like what rich people put value on, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, that rock is just a fucking rock. Like it's tons of the rocks because he said it in a lake full of rocks that look just like that rock, you know. So I mean that that could on it, like like Tim. Just, I gotta rewatch it to see if maybe there's something else I missed. But I do remember the the uh, young kid who dropped it off. He was like, yeah, my uncle has a whole bunch of these, and he keeps them in this one place, like in his house or something. But he says he had a whole bunch of them, and he came and brought him one of them. That was the whole thing. He brought him one of those rocks from that area where his uncle had them. Yeah, but could that – I wonder could that be symbolic to what the Kim family was doing? Because they 
they came to them with these, you know, made up credentials and made themselves seem like, you know, a lot more than what they were. And the Park family bought into it, you know. That's really interesting. Yeah. We think The Rock has some magical property, though, right? I don't. It's unclear that it does to me. It only shows up like two or three times. And whether it does have that or they just believe it does and they're putting that energy into the air kind of leak all that that kind of greed like doing being willing to be greedy and like they got some financial prosperity but the way they got it was totally screwed up though yeah and it has um it's it has what what we're saying like made up value in a sense yeah. you know because at the end of the day it's, it's just a fucking rock you know <laughs> but it has value to them though yeah, it had it had value to them because he told them that he got it from his rich uncle. You know, mm-hmm. so that, I think that's which could whole, be fake. That could it, be fake too. That's what, and I think it, that's the point that it came yeah, out yeah. fake because he put it in a lake full of rocks that looked just like it. That you couldn't differentiate that rock from any other rock that you mm-hmm. can find in a lake. And I and I think that's 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 a may say something about consumerism or anything like that that unless rich people say that it's a value then it it doesn't hold any value i mean Mm. i think this is a great movie and i think there's a lot of reasons i want people to see this movie and support this movie but the rock i could have gone done without just because it seems like an unnecessary variable like couldn't all this stuff that just happened because humans are the way humans are but i I like the rock being there because it doesn't have to fucking like you could either believe that, like really watch the movie, and be like yeah, The Rock did all this. And you can watch the movie and be like, The Rock didn't do shit, and it works both ways. The point: The Rock can do anything. The Rock does not serve a purpose. The Rock only, like I said, The Rock only has a purpose to them because they felt like it had a purpose because a rich person said it had a purpose. Oh, that's interesting. So yeah, it's yeah, like that, that that's his point. That's what I'm saying. I think it works either whether you believe what Keith just said or you believe The Rock is magic. You gold know. is gold is valuable because gold is valuable. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. that's interesting. So another another question. I think we can uh, close up shop. Um, why do you guys think this movie became so popular in the West? Best movie title. I'm not ever. saying I have an answer. <laughs> say what? Best movie title ever. <laughs> it could be the the, the uh, Kim Jong Un jokes too. Those are pretty hilarious. Those are definitely. Like, <laughs> I I didn't even know there were those, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I no. Remember when the the family's uh tied up and she's like, "Look, I'm like the I'm like the lady on North Korea and talking to Kim Jong Un." Oh, <laughs> I I think like the mystery around it. I think it was really cool that everybody until until this point, and uh, we did do a spoiler warning. But I think the fact that people were so unwilling to reveal anything and everybody really did keep the secret. And everybody said, like, I'm not going to tell you anything going cold. I think that added the mystery of it, and that did make people feel like they had to see it to get it. And the trailers don't show much. It, it, um, and, it, and I think that that adds a lot to a um, cinematic experience, the less you know about a film. Also, the trailers do a good job. Like, remember that one of the trailers, like, the... Um the mother for the parks is coming up the stairs and that you don't really see him, but the dad is coming up, uh, the drive for the Kim dad, he's coming up and it's like that area where she has that look of shock on her face and it's daylight. So it kind of gives you like a, Oh my God, like this could be like a horror movie where like things happen during the day kind of deal. Um, they just did a really good job marketing this, I think overall too. Also, I think what really helps is it's actually rich people's worst nightmare. Yeah. Right. That, that's the thing. It's like if, if there were all those like '90s yuppie and peril movies, where it's like, you know, the landlord or not the landlord, but like the um, the superintendent of the building turns out to be like a stalker, or like the nanny turns out to be a stalker, and mm-hmm. you know, the rich family are clearly the good guys in the movie, and why are they being so unfairly victimized? <laughs> and <laughs> this movie is interesting because it's like it's the only one that takes anywhere near the perspective that I can think of. Anywhere into the perspective of the quote unquote servants. You're right, right. It's also um, just just to um, just to throw a little plug in case you guys haven't seen this. Um, I just realized that the same director of this film, um, Bong Bong Jong Ho, Ho, I think I'm saying it right, Bong Jong Ho. He also did Snowpiercer. Yeah. 
also one of my favorite movies, and it's also an interesting movie of social commentary, but in a more um, sci-fi, with a more sci-fi type of feel to it outside of this film, which has the more comedic horror feel. And I suggest Snowpiercer to just about anyone. So um, I don't know if people knew about that, too, and that kind of made a lot of people want to see the film. If they seen Snowpiercer. Hey, by the way, there is going to be a Parasite TV series. Yeah, I really like Adam McKay a lot, a lot. But this is one where I don't feel like it needs to be a TV show. It'll probably be my favorite show in two years. But (laughs) for now, I'm like, this doesn't need to exist. So it's an HBO show, at least. And I remember when Watchmen was announced, I was like, that's going to be trash. And I was super wrong. Yeah, And then it's also like, I've never watched Fargo, but I thought it was interesting that they made a TV show of Fargo. Well, I've seen the movie, and I and that seems to be pretty popular. So I guess they might find a way to make it work. Fargo um, TV also, show I, is one of my favorite shows ever. That show's amazing. And I, I, again, like I didn't think it needed to exist, but I was wrong. It's so good. Uh, well, I definitely might need to. Ch- I need to check that out. So I'm 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 for it if they can pull it off. And you know, HBO. yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm. I gotta keep my stuff, my expectations low, man. I, I put my expectations high, and, and they don't do it right. I'm gonna be very upset. Uh, one thing I do want to shout out to, which is gonna be really surprising, is probably the first and last time. Well, I know it's the first time. It's probably the last time it's ever gonna happen. I'm gonna recommend the Tyler Perry movie. You talking about Fall from Grace? Yes, because it's African American Parasite, and it's really hilarious. What did um, it come out before? It came out before Parasite, definitely, right? No, well, it came out Friday on Netflix. Oh, interesting. Okay. And I'll just say, because I was, people were actually like making fun of the movie. And I was like, man, let me look at this. And I've seen a lot of Tyler Perry. I don't love a whole lot of it. But I got to say, watching this movie, I really was like, okay, like there's some continuity issues here and there. You can tell they kind of rushed through some things on the editing. But overall, it's really well done. Uh, they got eggs from, um, from uh, True Blood. On there, they have a Felicia Rashad, um, two actors that everybody knows, um, and, uh, and some other a- actors who are really doing a really good job. And, and you know, the twist is if you've seen Parasite and your mind's already kind of thinking on that kind of angle, like the only reason I kind of knew it was coming because I had just seen Parasite. But if I had not seen Parasite, I was watching this, I'm like, oh, I actually did not see that coming. And that's at least interesting. Okay, cool. So, and it executes it okay. It's a two hour movie. That's, that's the only thing. It's kind of long, but, um, very similar to this movie in a lot of ways. Really interesting. Do you think Tyler Perry saw Parasite and was like, fuck? I think it's possible. Because he wrote it in five days. Well, I say wrote it in five days. They, they actually made this movie in five days. I don't know how long it took him to write it, but I know he didn't finish well, it not long ago. So you think it may have been influenced by Parasite, or do you think he had a parallel idea and experience? So, two things. It, I think it's 100% possible, but this the kind of thing actually has happened in real life, and he said that that's kind of what made him think to do the story. Yeah. So no, it's, it's it's interesting though. I mean, it's it's worth the watch if you're into that kind of movie and you like anything done by Tyler Perry. I would definitely say check that out. It's it's very solid. Uh, I, I just for some reason, by the way, googled Felicia Rashad and just her sister is Debbie Allen. I had no idea. You know, this is something a black nurse should know offhand, and I'm gonna have to research that and get back to you. Wow, and another thing that just blows my mind if I'm I might have to edit this out but some other research I was doing for some totally unrelated I learned that one of the village people was married to Felicia Rashad which I don't think anybody saw coming what? yeah just to take things way off course yeah that is super huh okay well yeah well somehow we got to Tyler Perry from a parasite conversation I I mean honestly I do think it was relevant if you've seen the movie you'll know what I mean um but this movie is excellent uh parasite is it's uh, a unique beast in a lot of ways. I think it's definitely worth checking out if you're interested in seeing what Korean films have to offer. I mean, they've been so many amazing ones. I think this is definitely one that you should give a shot. Um, look at it in whatever streaming service you can. Um, it's definitely worth your time. Oh, that right. that joke that he made about like if you're willing to deal with one-inch titles, a whole new world will open up to you. One-inch subtitles, a whole new world will open up to you. 100%. Like, this is a great a great starter. If, you're, if you've been unwilling to jump over to foreign movies, this will really... Oh, like, yeah, don't, don't start with Old Boy. 
Another good foreign film that just came out, it was nominated for Best Animated Feature, is a French film called I Lost My Body. It's um, oh, wow. it's on Netflix, and I, I highly suggest it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, I watched, Lost My Body? Right. It's, uh, it's essentially about a hand that's trying to get back to its body. Awesome. That's the that's the gist of the whole film, and it's like. All right, so you said a- animated, and you're right. Let's just warn people: uh, it is animated. It is definitely mature adult animation. Do not watch it with your children. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty good though. I, I strongly suggest it. Um, right, so let's, let's now. Anyway, right. I think we need to go ahead and be shutting down. We it's we said we were gonna do our shout outs at the um. <laughs> At the start, and um, sorry. We um, got so to, to Parasite that we forgot, so we're going to do it now. So um, so if you guys like us um, and you enjoy our show and enjoy what we do, please follow us on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at the Instagram, um, sorry, at the Low Key Pod. You can also follow us on Facebook. Um, you guys got anything else? Um, oh, also, um, check out Tim's podcast, um, shoot this now that he has with his wife um Deidre he also has a podcast called um, movie maker interviews you guys should check that out um y'all got anything else um if you can give us some stars on the iTunes we would love it and please right. absolutely check out coffee and namaste that's coffee and namaste excellent for any gifts that you need to buy you like coffee you like namaste just go <laughs> you're gonna be delighted right right all right, Aaron, you got anything? Y'all covered everything, so I'm good to go. Okay, cool. So we'll catch up with you guys next time. All right, peace. Peace. peace.